0: going on that was kind of an abrupt stop but anyway what is going on yo welcome back to conspiracy fears and mysteries cfm whatever you want to call it cfm sounds good it sounds sounds like it would be good on a shirt but anyway conspiracy fears and mysteries how's everybody doing we're still in the halloween season it's not halloween yet but we are close today's friday october 16th 2020 yes we're still in 2020 it seems like this whole year is Halloween. The whole year has been Halloween <laughs> horror fest. I don't know. Speaking of Halloween horror, uh, Halloween horror nights. I, I live in Florida, Central Florida, so we have Halloween horror nights in Universal and Halloween Scream in um, Tampa. Really fun times. I don't know. If, I don't know how that's gonna work. or How they're doing it this year? It's a lot of money for them, so I know they're gonna find a way where we can go in. Get scared six feet apart. I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna do it, but they're gonna they're doing it now. Like I'm guessing because it's already Halloween, and n- normally that starts in September for us. So I don't know, but I really didn't look it up because I'm not planning on going this year. I usually go. I usually go every year. Me and the wife go we get you know like we like to get scared. We like horror. We like everything like that. You know, I'm a big science fiction fan, and I'm also anti science fact, and I'm. Um, Doesn't mean I'm not religious, you know, but still, I love science fiction. I love science fact. I love science. I love phenomenons and conspiracies, uh, hence the title of my podcast. But anyway, I also love true crime, which is what's leading the way on this podcast. Um, I should be doing more ghosts. I should be doing more UFOs. I should be doing more conspiracies. But people keep asking for more. Uh, true crime Um, and I watch true crime every day when I come home from work I watch another episode or two (laughs) or three of um, my crime shows I'm pretty much running out of them but you'll never run out of crime shows you're always going to watch whether it's this even if it's the same case told in a different way or from a different angle you're going to see it now there um Monday is season two of Unsolved Mysteries and I'm I can't I can't even believe you I I believe you I can't tell you how fucking ecstatic I am to see an episode of Unsolved Mysteries to see another episode of Unsolved Mysteries. I grew up on Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved Mysteries was like the best thing in the world for me, man. When I was a kid, I was a kid watching. I was the only everybody else was watching some other shit were watching M- MTV or watching, uh, you know, something that kids watch. Or uh, even teenagers, you know, watching something cool or something, whatever. 90210, that's how you can tell how old I am. And um, I was watching Unsolved Mysteries and Rescue 911. And um, America's Most Wanted. You know, because that's what I like to watch. But anyway, today I'm not... Uh, so, when looking for Halloween stuff to talk about i could talk about how the history of halloween and stuff but that was boring to me as i was writing my notes i was like this is dumb i don't want to talk about the history of halloween this is stupid this is just, a, just really stupid i feel like i don't want to do that um i was like nah man i'm not gonna do that and then i looked for another like you know top 10 whatever halloween things to talk about but within the top 10 you know i did the last two episodes and it was 10 you know things of halloween and within the those every top 10 that i found or every you know thing that was listed something that i had talked about in the last two episodes was in there cuz it was so big you know what i mean like the 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 man who put the uh the uh the cyanide in his kids candy for the insurance you know in in halloween for the insurance money the 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 gentleman who i don't want to call him a gentleman but the Maniac who went crazy and mental health issues, whatever, and killed his mom and was kicking her head in the street and things like that. The dead body that was hanging from the um, and and that everybody thought was a Halloween decoration, but really was not a Halloween decoration. It was actually a dead body. (laughs) It keeps coming up, so I am like, I am not gonna be, I am not gonna repeat the same thing, man. And I gotta sift through all that. I gotta work and still live a life. So today we're gonna talk about some different we're gonna talk about uh we're gonna talk about something yes not different it's the true crime but we're not gonna talk about the halloween stuff you know what i mean all right so today we're gonna talk about mona fan day and if you haven't heard about mona fan day I don't blame you because I have never heard of Mona Fenday until today. This is actually something I just pulled up about 10 to, 10 to 15 minutes before I even hit the record button on this episode. So, Mona Fenday. So, there's names here that I'm going to massacre. I'm not going to lie. And I've, I've got two sources here. I've got uh, murderpedia.org opened up. And I also have... Um, Let's see. I have, um, I have. Uh, what is it? Murder Minute pulled up, and so I got two sources, and I'm, I'm gonna be explain. I'm gonna be read. I'm. I've read most of it. I didn't have time, obviously, to take notes, so I'm going off of the sources that I have here. And again, if you can go through Murderpedia or you can go to Murder Minute app which is a good app. I'm not sponsored by them, but I get a lot of stories from there, and then I do research from there. But they pretty much break it down for you. So, anyway. So, Mona Fanday. Her real name was Masna Ismaili. Okay. Uh, she's classified, obviously, as a murderer. And her characteristics was witchcraft and dismemberment. She, she only has one victim, but, I mean, it doesn't, you know, from... Well, somebody do a story and you doesn't have to take, you don't have to have like five or more. There's no cap on victims and there is no minimum, you know, for you to be like labeled something. Now, the date of her murders were July 2nd, 1993, and she was arrested July 23rd of 93. She was born in 1966. Her victim was Datuk Maslan Idris, and her method of murder was beheading with an ax, in uh and this was in Pahang, Malaysia. And she was essentially executed by hanging at Kajang Prison on November 2nd, 2001. So, but let's get into her story and talk about what she done. So, what happens when a pop star's career is over? Um most people fall back into their regular the regular routine of life like so some people have short runs at being stars and getting famous. Some people are one-hit wonders. But some, you know, some people get really addicted to the to the fame and the power that they get when they become pop stars. So, when this Malaysian pop star Mona Day's career began to stall, she turned to black magic instead of just getting a job or I don't know, writing a book or something. And eventually, like I said, she was hung. Now, uh, Mona Fandé was her stage name. Her real name was Nur Mazna Binti Ismail. I hope I didn't, I mean, I don't know. Can't say that too good. Again, born in 56 in in Malaya, which is now called Malaysia, used to be called Malaya. And she became one of the country's foremost entertainers. She was a pop star. She was a, a pop star and her songs actually were known very well across the country people liked her she was you know well liked she had one or two good songs she was also a um, water ballet dancer um i didn't think wow i've never seen a real water ballet thing but she was a water ballet dancer she was, she had to be really fit um and her her routines and her ballet was cast was broadcast throughout the world because I guess she was that good. But her career obviously did not last forever. Um, she had her short run. I don't know how long it was. And then, you know, her career began to stutter and to stall. And she kind of had to find a new path. She was used to the stardom, people liking her and all. And she had to find a new path. So she started working um, in an office. But obviously, when you go from where she was, the status where she was, that she just working in an office doing God knows what, it's kind of hard. Um, so instead, she and her husband became BOMOs, B-O-M-O-H-S, BOMOs, which is the local term for a witch doctor. Um, I come from an island. We have the same type of things kind of witch doctors we have santeros and we have you know we call it brujeria but we have the same thing i know what that is um that they, they call it bomos i've never been really into any of that but i like, do like to read about it so anyway um so eventually mona would not just be famous but she would become infamous for this now belief in superstition is not uncommon in Malaysia and practically all over the world. People are superstitious all over the world. Hence this podcast. So when Mona began to go into that world of spirituality, she found herself she to be very successful. She was I mean, I I I take it, it probably was due to her popularity also. They were like, Oh, look at this. This is the pop star Mona who now is And you know, in this witchcraft, and you know, when people are stars, they they get to, you know, uh, a lot of times it's easy to kind of put them in this bracket where oh, they're so good and perfect or whatever. It's easy to do. We know they're not; they're human. But it's easy to do that. Um, her 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 fame meant that she was the first person that many people turned to. Like I just said, when they wanted to. Employ uh, all sorts of black magic into their lives so Mona counted on numerous high ranking politicians in Malaysia for her, her clientele those were her clients when they wanted to be more successful in politics or whatever they would go to Mona she would arm them with charms and all kinds of talismans and all kinds of trinkets and stuff to give them that fame they had that superstition she counted many um, of the country's uh, most successful uh, politicians among her clients. In July 1993, she brought a man named Datuk Maslan Idris to her doorstep. And Datuk was an assemblyman for Central Pahang State. So he was in politics. Um. But he was very ambitious. He was a very ambitious man and he just wanted more. So he went to her. He wanted help in furthering his career and he believed that Mona and her black magic might be the solution to helping him in this career. Uh Mona and her husband and her husband accepted his challenge. Obviously they were gonna pay her and you know, she's so to pay for the ceremony, the two withdrew around twelve thousand uh, from his account. I don't know if that's dollars. That's a lot of money either way, especially in that time, you know. But twelve thousand dollars gave it to her so he can do whatever black magic it is and uh, you know, make her make the make him famous or make him more powerful. In exchange for the sum, Mona and her husband uh promised him political success Be on his wildest dreams. So super powerful, probably up to the rank of I mean probably up to president. The incantation they would use, uh Datuque was told would involve a talisman. So a talisman is kind of like a um kind of like a um uh, maybe not I would say a statue but like a like a trinket, I guess like the maybe the Ark of the Covenant would be considered a talisman. Um, and I hate to put the religion in this, but anyway, the, the talisman would be a cane and a but spat, spot me, a type of amulet made from palm oil seeds. Um and it was owned by the former president of Indonesia. And if he held the talisman, the tuk was told that he would be invincible. He would just be invincible. But to make the incarnation work. Datuque would have to take part in a cleansing ritual. Um, they told him to lay down on the floor with his eyes closed, as as though they were waiting for money to fall from above. And Datuque, of course, you have to pay twelve thousand. You gonna do what you're told because that's what you paid for. He laid down on the bed of flowers and herbs with his palms facing upward, and he closed his eyes. But no money um, fell on fell onto him. No money rained from anywhere. As you can imagine, instead, there was only an axe and an axe rained down on him. The uh, D- D- toque uh, was decapitated in an instant. His head chopped clean off. This must have been very sharp axe and they knew how to swing it because not a lot of people can cut a head clean off like that unless you Unless you've practiced, unless you've been cutting woodland, unless that weapon is really made to cut like that. Is it going to come clean off off of one swoop? But anyway, uh, Mona and her husband weren't finished (laughs) with their ritual yet. They dismembered his body, partially skinning the corpse as, as they did. And the toque was sliced up into 18 pieces. Which were then buried in a hole in the ground near Mona's house. Now, the day after he went missing, Mona went on a spending spree. Obviously, she had all that money, and she bought a new Mercedes and arranged for a facelift. Wow, a new Mercedes with twelve grand. But anyway, um, but you gotta understand, this guy was a politician. So I mean, a pol- you I mean, you should, obviously, you can't kill anybody without anybody knowing but the more they are known the more you know that if you're a murderer and you kill somebody that's known like that that's in 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 the spotlight the easier it's going to be to put it out there that he's gone he's missing something's amiss something's wrong right um so he was mi- he he was missing, so and he's a politician, so it obviously brought a lot of attention from police and investigators. So the police obviously began to investigate it immediately, and they knew about Mona and the rituals, and that um, she always did these black magic things for high politicians, for high ranking politicians. So when they noticed her spending spree, they interviewed her assistant, Shannon assistant. Now, this is one thing that always gets. Uh, criminals caught or people who have something to do with anything with money is humans are when you're not disciplined or you're not, you know this is one thing and I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to give advice on how not to get caught and you will always get caught but um, sooner or later you're going to pay for what you did but you know, one of the things that I see mistakes that they do over and over I don't know how they don't learn from history is that Soon as they get money, they want to go and spend on the spending spree. And you saw a good example of this. I hate to throw a curveball on in Goodfellas when they did that Lufthansa heist and um Jimmy Burke had to start whacking guys left and right because they were just spending money and it was gonna draw attention. And he told them, Don't buy anything, don't do anything, just keep the money in a bag or whatever don't 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 deposit and you know you had guys buying cadillacs and coats and all that stuff so he had a, he started whacking people you know he started killing them. he was like nah we gotta take these guys out they're, they're being stupid so but anyway so um Mona's assistant assistant was questioned by police and Mona's assistant broke under questioning and he told police everything okay um Listen, it is hard. I was watching that Chris Watts thing on, on Netflix, and I'll talk about that in another episode. But um, it, people will fold. You question them enough on the same thing over and over. You change the question up the same question, but you change it up a little bit over and over and over. And if it is a lie, they will break. We are not meant to lie. The brain does not. Function well, you have to like kind of then the people that lie really good are just train themselves, whether uh, subconsciously or or consciously, to lie. Okay, so you will break, especially under the questioning from authorities. When you have the there's a lot of elements that go into breaking you, but all of them are wrapped up in one. When you're in a police station, you don't know this person, they're in an authoritative uniform, you know, they can change your life, you know, uh, know, they can take your life, you know, they can whatever. There's a lot of elements And you will break I don't care who you are I don't care what you think You know I'm not gonna If it Especially if it's a murder if They're asking you Questioning you about murder They will get you Nine times out of 10 they You're gonna break You're gonna say something So Anyway So he told police everything And four days after the murder The police found the body Now Mona and her Husband her Mona and her husband And her assistant Were all arrested And it didn't take long For the jury to find them all guilty of murder and all three were sentenced to death by hanging and after all their appeals were exhausted muna ate her last meal and it was guess you guessed it no you probably didn't guess it but it was kentucky fried chicken which i haven't had in years now all three were hanged um, in the morning of november 2nd 2001 and according to the prison to a prison official they expressed no remorse they they didn't care they didn't show any you know didn't show any emotion and what they you know they weren't like oh i'm sorry for what we did you know i don't understand how it went that i mean i don't know but anyway but people had been following mona's strange behavior uh, during the trial and according to reports she seemed relentlessly cheerful she was very cheerful and i'm looking at pictures of her right now uh while she was in court there's police there police women and everything and um she's smiling she's got a big smile like it's just i don't know and according um she has she uh, according to reports, report she smiled consistently and posed for the photographs you know they take pictures of you in the photograph she looks pretty creepy and i don't know if she looks creepy because i already know what she did because normally after you know after that they tell you hey this person killed four people cut them up whatever Every picture you look at is now going to look creepy. When they're smiling, it's creepy. If they're drinking soda, it's creepy. If the, everything looks different, so. And now it was though, if you look at her, that it, it looked like she was enjoying the the fame, and I think she was. She, you know, this woman was used to being famous, used to having all the attention that was taken away, kind of because her career just what that happens in show business, and she wanted it back and is how she thought she would get it. So every day she wore a bright dress and commented on the on the many fans who seemed to be interested in her life. But even but in a more chilling moment, just before her execution, Mona muttered the words, "I will never die," all while smiling for the cameras. That's that just gave me chills right now. Now, these final words gave rise to many legends about Mona Fan Day. In death, she gained more notoriety than in her then in her twilight years as a pop star. Um, worldwide organizations such as Amnesty International even spoke um out against her against her uh, execution. Now, on a side note, this is one of the things. Um, I was watching the show. I was watching the show. Um, uh i can't remember the name one of these crime shows my my wife put it on my wife put it on and it scares me when when my wife puts on these shows but it was uh it was like murder brides or it wasn't snapped but it was one of the shows i can't remember it was one of the shows where people get married um and they end up killing their spouse and there was a lot of female murderers and one thing i've noticed um is even if it's first degree, whatever, a lot of times when it is a female, the jury takes pity on them and takes away the the death penalty. Males are more likely to get a death penalty. Like, n- nobody feels sorry for a male. It's rare, like, rarely are they going to be like, unless it's something that the lawyer just really fights. But, her, like, I saw I saw a couple cases where the lawyer didn't have to really fight. I mean, look at Jordi Aries jody harris they didn't have to you know it wasn't really too much of a fight to take away her they had to make her out make her out to look like a really 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 victimized woman you know um and a really oh look at this damsel in distress and they took away the death penalty for her you know and i'm not i'm not judging i'm not saying i can't say who dies or doesn't but damn but anyway um so let me see so uh there was so there were locals who still held a a latent belief in the rituals that Mona that Mona uh, had had done. They believed her rituals. Uh, now and in Malaysia, when you mention her name now, <laughs> Malaysians will shudder. She became kind of a boogeyman. She became kind of a I don't know Some people believed in her Some people were scared You know The superstitions And the strange uh, Circumstances That surrounded the, Her death Mean that she's not Remembered fondly In her country She's like a ghost story Now You know uh, uh, Like They use it to tell Kids stories You know f- To To naughty children hey, If you act bad Mona's gonna come for you Or whatever You know Something crazy like that Hey a, ho- a horror movie was even made about her, uh, about her, um, about her sudden impulsive decision to murder this politician. And whether Mona is really dead, whether she preserved herself through magic somehow, everybody knows the truth. All right. She didn't murder this guy. She did get murdered. But that does not stop the ghost of Mona Fenley from haunting the Malaysian history books and as famous as she was as a pop star mona's death turned her into a legend so she eventually she eventually um got what she wanted which is which is her um her her notoriety or her, her fame she got her fame and guys if you look at this picture she's like I think I'm going to use it as the thumbnail for the podcast. Every once in a while, I'll put a, thumb, a thumbnail different than my uh, thing. I don't know. I may or I may not. Um, but, hey, it's, 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 this this one picture I'm looking at is really, really scary. Like, I'm about to take it over my phone right now because I don't want that picture to blink or something. And, you know, and this podcast ends abruptly. You know, it has to end out. It has to end. So. Because I'm not playing that, and I'm not playing them games. But, yeah, Mona Fan Day, guys. I'm telling you, just when you think you've heard it all, just when you think you've heard everything, you haven't. You think you have, but you haven't heard it all. And this is a crazy story. So, but anyway, guys, happy Halloween to all you guys, guys and girls, girls and girls and guys and girls and girls and guys, whatever. Don't forget to follow me on the social medias. All right. Follow me on the socials and on the socials. I am CFM underscore podcast CFM underscore podcast. All right. On Twitter, CFM underscore podcast on the tweet and on the uh, Instagram on the Instagram. I am. C.F. Mysteries or Mystery Crime Cigars, the same one. I don't know which one I gave. Me, but anyway. As always, I will see you on the next smoke.